are listening to the Grassroots Sermon Podcast. For more information about who we are or how you can become involved, please visit us at grassrootswv.com. Good morning. We're going to give it just a second. Nick is running live stream, so we're going to let him get that up and running. It is good to see y'all. Good to see everybody. Thank you, worship team. And we are live, so welcome to everybody in the room and uh, joining us at home. Um, I don't know about y'all, this is my type of weekend. The hotter the better. I don't know if y'all are like, get rid of the heat, we don't want it, but I'm like, bring it. You can't get too hot for me. And I don't know if this might help some of y'all who hate the heat. Um, For me, uh, I think about how cold it gets in the winter, and so when it gets really hot and I'm tempted to complain... Um, I just go, nope, winter's coming. And I go, I love the heat. Let it, let it hang around. So uh, what we want to do now is just go into uh, a time of worship through giving. Uh, we have worship through repentance. We have worship through singing. And now we want to worship through giving. And so if you've already given online, uh, then we want you to pray over that. Also, hanging in the back is a bucket. If you would like to give uh, just through that, then you can drop your offering on the way out. Um, or right now, if you like to do the text to give, which we call the virtual offering bucket, um, then we encourage you that whether you're in the room or at home watching, uh, we just thank you for worshiping that way and partnering with the church in that way. Um, but I do want to pray over that now and just ask God to bless that and use that. And uh, so let's go to prayer together uh, in this time. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time. Lord, it is so good to gather as your body. Thank you for everybody who's able to be here, whether it is through technology or in the room. Just thank you that we can be together uh, and gather around your word. I pray that you would take these gifts we give, use them to your glory and for your kingdom. Father, we give them over to you. We trust you. Uh, that you provide. We trust you that you will see us through um, tough days, but we continue to honor you in our giving. So God, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I want to take a moment uh, to just thank everybody. We have our new kids facilities open. If you've been over there, uh, y'all did such amazing work over there. Everybody works so hard. They look so good. Um, Just so appreciative. Theater 2 has just looked like a construction site for three years. It just kind of, things shifted a little bit, but the fact that we have them open now, the workers feel like they have an actual space instead of just, hey, you sit in this corner and you know you go to this corner, but just thank you everybody for the work you put into that. Um, I wanted to give out some like awards uh, in the midst of this because just recognizing, but, but a few of the ones aren't here, but I'm still going to... Adam and I talked about this, just some goofy awards, and, and there's a couple. There's three that I thought of, and if anybody has um, a problem with any of these three, let me know. Maybe you know somebody better, but we did come up with one award, and it was um, You Make Everything Look Easy, and We Kind of Hate You For It Award, uh, and that would, he, he's homesick, but that award goes to Josh Weichel, okay, um, because I, I'll just tell this story on me and Pat. Uh, Pat and I, uh, on the work day, uh, they built about an entire platform while he and I got like a section of wall up. And what took us forever is uh, getting the stud against the wall so it has an anchor point. Um, how long did that one stud take us, Pat? Wait, I, I'm not kidding. I'm pretty sure it took us near an hour. I'm not kidding. 
And there was another one that needed done. And I said, hey, uh, Josh, can you do this? And he's like, yeah. So I'm thinking we'll give you a while. He comes back in less than 10 minutes and goes, what next? And I was like, you got it. And I look over and I'm like, you make it look so easy and, and we kind of hate you for it. Okay, so that's the, you make it look so easy and we kind of hate you for it award. Uh, the other one, and Rain, I, I hate to do this. Where's your mom? I feel bad. I wish she was here because I don't want her to misconstrue this. She is the... Um, I'm going to make sure it's done right award, okay? Because, like, I, in my mind, just hang curtains. Just hang curtains. And we buy sheets and use them as curtains. But to Sherry, oh, no, 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 no. What's the measurement? Get the sheets to me. And she, she hems them and gets them done perfectly. And so she's the, I'm going to make sure it gets done right award. And then the last one, he's actually out in the lobby. I hope you can hear me, Larry. Um, the I'm going to make sure I get it my way award. And here's why. <laughs> Larry, I hope you hear this. I hope you're out there listening. I want to thank him. We had a whole other plan that instead of a platform where Oaks GSM is going to use it today, we were going to put theater seats like this in rows. Uh, but Larry said, hey, I think we need a platform. And I'll just be honest with you. That Sunday that I took them over there, we, elders, deacons, we talked about it. I was frustrated. I was like, man, that's so much more work so much more money, and I don't want to do that. And I remember going home and saying, like, everybody sided with Larry. All the elders of Degas sided with Larry, and I was over here. I was like, daggone it. Like, why can't it be my way? And instead, now that it's done, so thankful uh, that Larry had that vision, that the elders and deacons went with that vision because uh, so many uses to that. So, it looks so good over there. And so I really appreciate him, but he gets the uh, I'm going to make sure it's done my way award. Um, but what we want to do, y'all, we're going to pray um, over those facilities. We want God to use those uh, for his kingdom in the lives of the children that are part of the ministry here. I'm going to continue to say this, y'all. So many churches in America would do anything to have the amount of kids running around their church that are run around here at Grassroots. It is a blessing to have these kids run around here. And so um, I want to pray over those facilities, uh, and then we will move on. Lord, thank you so much for all the work uh, that you have guided us through, uh, keeping us safe in those times. And uh, just seeing the, the work done over there, seeing how many people came in um, to give of their time, just to honor you and, and honor the kids that are part of this church. And so we ask, Father, that you would use those uh, spaces in the lives of the kids, Lord, that this church, uh, that the workers, that we would be faithful in um, proclaiming the gospel to the children as we come alongside the parents uh, who are proclaiming the gospel as well. And so use those, uh, Father, that we would never seek glory for ourselves uh, in anything that happens uh, in the life of the church, but that we would only seek your glory and your honor. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, at this time, we're going to let GSM go. So all of our high school and middle school students, y'all go ahead. You can go ahead and, yeah, you can sit back here. Let's turn this just a little bit. Adam's back there. He's going to take them over. They get to use the new facility first. How lucky are they? Now, see, I see our, our boy, 
<laughs> Dakota went back and sat with Pat. And I want to say, Dakota, don't be a distraction to Pat, but I actually have to say, uh, Pat, don't be a distraction to Dakota. Um, <clears throat> that's more accurate, and Ellen will back me up on that. So, uh, Hey, I want to encourage you, grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles and go to 1 Peter. If you don't have a Bible, the verses will be up on the screen for you here in the theater or at home. It'll be on your screen as well. We are in 1 Peter chapter 3. Now, we are covering the first seven verses. We, did, we started it uh, two weeks ago. Last week was Scatter to Serve. And if you were not a part of that or if you were a part of it, we had almost 60 people in five different locations serving on Scatter to Serve. It's our first one in over a year and a half. And it was so much fun uh, to be a part of. Um, it, it's so much fun. We even had people show up uh, just for gathering um, that weren't a part of it. Nobody to be named in the room um, or anything. Uh, so... McCormick's. Um, but, uh, but listen, uh, we started, and if you were a part of this series uh, prior to this, or this is your first time here, this series is called First Peter, uh, Living as Resident Exiles. First Peter, Living as Resident Exiles. And what that means is when we as individuals uh, identify with Christ, we are a part of the church, we identify with Christ, we put our faith in Jesus, and we become a child of his. When we identify with Christ, we no longer identify with the world. And so what do we do with our lives as Christians interacting in a world where we no longer belong, where we don't fit in? We don't feel at home here anymore. What do we do how do we interact? And a couple of weeks ago, when we covered the first six verses of chapter three, we looked at um, wives submitting to husbands who are not believers. And, and this went in a, a narrative that Peter's been covering uh, where he's talking about that uh, as Christians, we submit to authority over us, whether it be federal government or local government or bosses, you know, or even husbands who aren't believers. Like, how do we submit to those? How do we interact with those that, listen, good bosses or bad bosses? Good government, bad government. People we respect in authority over us, people we don't respect in authority over us. How do we as Christians interact in that? That's the question that we've been asking. And then two weeks ago, it was the question of, hey, what if you're in a marriage relationship where one spouse is a believer and one is not? And so today, though, looking at uh, the, the final verse of these seven verses, verse seven, we're going to cover one verse. We, we look at it just a little bit different. We look at it just a little bit different. Because listen, can I just, ladies, okay, I understand two weeks ago I gave this same caveat. It's like, yeah, you got a, a man up here trying to tell women how to live. And a lot of times that's a little bit, um, you know, angsty, like, hey, you know, you don't understand. It's, and, and in a lot of places, I don't. I don't get it in a lot of ways. But just giving God's word. Here's the deal. It should be easy to respect a husband who is leading well, who is loving well, who is guiding the family spiritually, who is working for the good of the family. It should be easy to respect those. But Peter's helping us understand that even if your husband isn't doing those things, to glorify God, your husband still deserves your respect. 
And that's tough to hear sometimes. That's tough to hear. But listen, once again, resident exiles, we live out our lives different than what the world around us is telling us. We live out our lives according to God's word. But today, we look at the, the husbands, and, and it's going to be in a, a different way, okay? It's going to be in a different way. So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3, and we're just going to read verse 7, okay? So if you have your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen. This is what it says. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Did that... Did that make anybody cringe real quick? Just wondering. I'm just wondering. Just wondering. You don't have to raise your hand or anything. Okay. Um, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. First word is likewise. That's the, hey, we've been talking about government. We've been talking about bosses. We've been talking about relationships. We've been talking about authority. We've been talking about husbands, uh, you know, wives submitting to husbands. And likewise, now we're talking about husbands. And what he's trying to say, he is telling us, okay, listen, he is telling us, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, okay? Now, I'm not trying to be funny here, but I think we can all agree. Sometimes I know, ladies, you look at your husbands and go, what is going on in his head? But husbands, we look at our wives and like, why can they not understand what I'm trying to get done here? Like, I'm not trying to be funny, but you know that's the dynamic. If you've been married for longer than a week, you probably learned this on the honeymoon. You're like, I don't, we're okay, something, thank you. But, but that's what's happening. But what does it mean Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. And Wayne Grudem has a great quote that I just want to read to you. It won't be on the screens. Um, I know it right there, probably Rain was like, I don't have that one. Okay, no, it's not going to be on the screens. It's a little bit longer. I want you to just listen. Okay, just listen to this. This is what Wayne Grudem says. Living in an understanding way is. The knowledge Peter intends here may include any knowledge that would be beneficial to the husband-wife relationship. So living in an understanding way, using the knowledge you have, okay? This is what he's saying. It's beneficial to the husband-wife relationship. Knowledge of God's purposes and principles for marriage. Knowledge of the wife's desires, goals, and frustrations. Knowledge of her strengths and weaknesses in the physical, emotional, and spiritual realms. A husband who lives according to such knowledge will greatly enrich his marriage relationship. Yet, such knowledge can only be gained through regular study of God's word and regular unhurried times of private fellowship together as husband and wife. This is what it means to live in an understanding way. Is, men, it is our duty, our job, our responsibility to understand our wives' weaknesses and strengths to understand our wives' frustrations and joys, what brings them peace and what causes them anxiety, and to work in knowing that and work to make a home where they can grow and, and mature spiritually and, and in relationship. That's our responsibility, and that's what Wayne Groom is saying. It is living life in an understanding way. But 
uh, he, he goes a little bit deeper, uh, Peter does, when he says this, okay? Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Again, a, a little angsty when you hear that because what does Peter mean by showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel? Uh, J.D. Greer, in a sermon on this, actually said this. This one will be up on the screens because I want you all to read this for yourselves and hear it. A man's leadership in marriage is never a license to do what he wants to do. His leadership is empowerment to do what he ought to do. So I, I think a lot of times when, when, ladies, you hear about submitting to your husband or men, you think about leading your family, there can be some instant anxiety in that because we start thinking of negative and abusive relationships or taking advantage of those. And JDE is trying to help us understand that it's never about what we want to do, but it's about what we ought to do as leaders. John Michael Clark, who... Uh, you know, was a part of this church for a year or so. They moved back to North Carolina. He always said authority is the power to do what's best for the family. And so that's how we look at our leadership men in, in the house. I'm just going to give it to you as clear as I can in this. There is never a moment in your marriage relationship, in your household, with your wife, with your kids, where you should try to claim Scripture and say, you need to submit to me and you need to do what I say. Because if that's the attitude you take, you are in sin. That is rebellion against God. That is not honoring your wife and your kids as you should. That is abuse of power. Okay? But we should look at it as I have the authority given by God to lead this family to the best I can for the good of the family and for the glory of God. That's what leadership looks like. That's what the home should look like. Okay, and so I want to I want to make sure we understand the weaker vessel. Okay, um, let's look first uh, just the idea of physically, physically the weaker vessel, and th this is the best. I I'm going to have to get a little bit weird for a second because it's just the best I can do in my mind to help you understand it. Um, I I've thought about it before. That uh, are there women out there that are stronger than me? Absolutely. Well, I, for those of you at home, I make the statement, are there women in here that are stronger than me? And Derek Clutter raises his hand. I don't know, I don't know where to take that. Um, <laughs> are there women who are stronger than me physically? Yes. But is the strongest woman in the world stronger than the strongest man in the world? No. I've always thought, and I'm not trying to uh, make light of this or a joke of this, but um, I've always been interested, what would it look like to take the NBA championship team and have a game against the WNBA championship team and just see how it went? Not to be like, ha-ha, women, you know, you, you're not as good, but literally just like stack the, the physicality and the talent up against one another. It physically, the weaker vessel, okay, physically. The weaker vessel. That's, that's what he's talking about. And, and there's a statement um, that comes from Steve Farrar, who wrote a book. If you've gone through my premarital, uh, you've had to read that. It is called Point Man. Um, great book. But in this, he talks about a, a dynamic that he raised his kids with. And, and this statement is, uh, the guy goes down and the girl goes free. 
okay? The guy goes down and the girl goes free. And what that means is, men, we as the physically stronger, okay, vessel are meant to physically protect our wives and our children. And, and he has raised his kids with the idea that the, girl go, the guy goes down and the girl goes free. So the guy takes the bullet so the girl can go free. Uh, there was a few years ago a shooting and um, public place. And when uh, they got everything cleared and, and everything was secured, when they went in and, and they're trying to identify victims, uh, there were a number of victims, they found uh, one um, set of victims, and it was uh, a girl who had gone on a date with their boyfriend to the movie. They were shot and killed. But when they found them, uh, the boyfriend was huddled over the girlfriend, and they had both been shot, but he was trying to protect her. And, and I'm just going to get as pointed as I can, and if you want to talk to me in a, in a different space <laughs> than right Right now, I would welcome it, but, but I think in that moment, there are no feminists saying, hey, why don't you let her protect herself? Okay, I, I think in that moment is where we would look and say, hey, um, that was honoring of her for the, for the guy to try to protect her. Okay, uh, I, I have this, um, this vision, uh, not, not like God-given vision or anything, but just, you know, your mind goes sometimes that... Um, and I've thought about if my wife and I were out somewhere and, and uh, you know, some guys decided to, uh, to try to rob us, jump us, do something. And, and I've often thought, like, how would I handle that personally, okay? Um, I, I think everybody would understand, you know, I'm not going to be like, take the girl, leave me alone. Like, I'm not going to do that, okay? That's not the path I'm taking. But I've often thought, okay, uh, I'm, I'm not exactly a... a physical specimen that is intimidating to many people, okay? Um, but if there were a number of guys that I knew I couldn't win the fight, my thought is I'm definitely going to fight long enough for my wife to get away. There's nothing they can do about that. They can kill me, but I'm going to definitely fight long enough for my wife to get away. And it's because I honor her as the weaker vessel, okay? I'm not turning to her and going, listen, I can take the three on the left, you take the two on the right. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm not putting her through that. I'm not expecting that of her because I'm honoring her as physically the weaker vessel. And can I just give this real quick? If you're in here this morning, and ladies, and you're single, okay, this does not mean that you have to find the bodybuilder to marry, okay? Like, the only place to find a husband is not at the gym, Okay, you're not going to be like, you're not going to see the skinny dude and be like, well, sorry, you know, good luck with singleness. Okay, but what you are looking for is that man who will honor you in that way and protect you in that way. You need to look for that. If you find a guy that's like, if this ever happens, you're on your own. Okay, that's not husband material. Go a different direction. All right, and I know a few of us in here going, man, I can't fight for nothing. Like, my kids are in trouble if we, and it's like, listen, listen, fight long enough for them to get away. Go freaking crazy. All right? Because, listen, sometimes, you, you might not walk away. Why hold back? All right? Swing for all it's worth, man. You might be hitting trees nearby. Who cares? Go after it. All right? Whatever. I don't know why you'd be fighting in the middle of the trees, but that just came to me. So, um, so let's talk about honor. All right? We look at verse 7. 
Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as weaker as the weaker vessel. Um, honor means more than respect. Okay, honor means more than respect. It's at minimum respect, but it means more than respect. It's just like, hey, I respect you for who you are. I respect you for, you know, your, your emotions, your thoughts, your mind. You know, I respect you for your desires and your aspirations. It's, it's more than uh, respect, okay? Honoring them, and I want you if, you, if you're a note taker, write this down. If you're a mental note taker, mental note this. Um, honoring them is empowering them to see them flourish, that's what honoring them means. It is empowering them to see them flourish. It is not keeping them under your thumb so that you can hold your authority over them, but it is empowering them to see them flourish in who God created them to be. Does that make sense? Okay? So it's, it's not just respect. It's more than that. But listen, listen. Please, man, I need you to hear this. It's also more than, listen, I'm just trying to keep the peace in my house. Okay, and, and can I be bold enough to say this? Ladies, if you've kind of beaten your husband down enough emotionally where they're just trying to keep the peace, then you're not submitting and honoring them the way God has called us to do that. Okay, and, and I'm just going to be honest with you, ladies. If you've gotten to them where like, listen, I'm just trying to keep the peace, then they're not empowered to empower you to flourish. You're actually hurting yourself. So, so gentlemen, if, you're, if your mindset in your home is, I'm, I'm just trying to keep the peace, then you are falling woefully short of your God-given design and purpose. But ladies, this is, this is a two-way street. You empower your husband to lead to the best of his ability. In that, he can use his authority for the best of you and your family to empower your family so that you can flourish as individuals, as, as a spouse, as a couple, your kids together. That's what that means, to honor them. And, and listen, here's why. Here, here's, here's what should make it, if you're a Christian, here's what should make it easy, okay? We as Christians honor life. We honor all life. Because of the, the fancy term, the imago Dei, we are made in the image of our Creator, we are made in the image of God. We are a reflection of him. Think of yourself in the mirror. It's a, it's a reflection. You in the mirror. It's not actually you, but it's a reflection of you. That's, we are made in the image of God. We are a reflection of our creator. And so we honor all life because of that. But men, we honor women. We honor our spouses. We honor our wives because, verse 7, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. Can I put it this way? Men are not going to be sitting at the head of the table at the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven. Men are not going to be sitting at the head of the table while the women serve the food. Okay? Like, I don't know any other way to put it. We are joint heirs with Christ, men and women. And so in this moment, we see that physically this weaker vessel, but, but you know, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and what God has called us to, we are joint heirs. There is equal playing ground. There is not this moment where it is going to be, hey, men, here's your reward. Ladies, you did good. You get the rest. We will sit side by side 
shoulder to shoulder, in heaven, worshiping God, in that relationship with Him. That, that's, we are joint heirs. Ladies, listen, you are daughters of the King. Men, we honor them as daughters of the King. As we are sons of the King, they are daughters of the King. This should affect how we look at them in our day-to-day interactions when we recognize them as daughters of the king. And this comes with a, a warning. Men, this comes with a warning. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. It, it comes with a warning. Listen, we're going to get into what it means to have our prayers hindered more in chapter 4 of 1 Peter. Uh, but in this moment, we recognize that Peter's given us the warning. Gentlemen, if you are not honoring your wives the way you are, it is going to hinder your prayers. Now, it might hinder them personally, but it's definitely going to hinder them as a family, as a couple together. I, I'm just going to put this out there. Not wanting raising of hands, shaking of heads, elbows to the ribs of anybody, okay? But how many men, how many of us are regularly praying, not just for our spouse, but with our spouse? How many of us are doing that? You realize that your marriage, your home, your children are constantly under attack by an enemy that wants to see you destroyed. And yet we're going to go, man, I hope they survive. Instead of going, God, we need you. It's going to hinder your prayers as individuals, but also as a couple. And, and to finish it off, okay, to finish this off, why is it so important? I, I, I don't know how to, I don't want to make light of this, but. I don't know how to, I just got to be, anybody else's brain just work on one level. I just go, it's just, I'm not going to be able, I just got to go one level. So I just got to be clear with it. Um, marriage today is way too easily thrown away. Way too easy. Where somebody goes, you know what, this isn't working out. And the other person, yeah, it's not working out. Well, we're done. Why is it so important? Why is it? Why is the marriage relationship so important to God that Peter gives us this understanding that if you husbands are not honoring your wives, then it is hindering your prayers? Why is it so important? And, and Paul's the one that gives us the understanding of why it's so important in Ephesians when he says that marriage is a deep mystery, and this mystery is that marriage represents Christ and the church. Okay? Marriage represents Christ and the church. Listen, your marriage should be preaching the gospel to everybody who comes in contact with it. Your marriage should be preaching the gospel to everybody who comes in contact with it. And, and we've seen, you know, over the last few weeks in these verses, what that plays out in, in different dynamics in marriage. But our marriages should show the gospel to the world. And here's what I mean. Okay, here's what I mean. Um, ladies, Submission to your husband in a biblical, God-honoring way, okay, takes sacrifice of self in order to achieve. It's hard, and you have to let go of self in order to achieve that. Gentlemen, 
when we lead the family in a biblical, God-honoring way, it takes sacrifice of self in order to achieve it. And it is hard. It is not easy. We have to let go of ourselves. The gospel is that we, as God's creation, rebelled against him. We rebelled against our creator and therefore separated ourselves from our relationship with him. And we have no ability of our own to come back into that relationship with him. And so God himself had to step into the picture in Jesus, sacrificing himself on the cross, paying for our sins, letting go of his self. Scripture shows us that he emptied himself, leaving his throne in heaven, stepping into the form of a man, and then humbling himself even to death on the cross and giving up of himself to pay that ransom for us, his church, his bride, as the bridegroom. That's what the gospel is, and that's why marriage is so important, that it shows the gospel to the world as we let go of ourselves, we sacrifice self for the good of our husband, for the good of our wife, for the good of our spouse, our family. We let go of those things. We preach the gospel to the world in a world that desperately needs to hear it. That's why marriage is important. So I give you this in closing, and we'll be done. Church, If you're in here and you're a Christian, you say, you know what? My faith is in Jesus, and I am a child of the King. We need to be reminded of this. Your marriage is so much more than just your own self-satisfaction. Your marriage is so much more than a paper you signed however many years ago. Which actually... Derek it's about 13 years ago. My, my memory came up on Facebook the other day. I got to do their 10-year vow renewal, and it said three years ago that happened. And so I was like, man, that's a good memory. That's why you put stuff on Facebook like that, because then it pops back up in your mind. Best memory ever, they did the vase with the sand. They filled it up, all four of them, and they did the layers of sand. And I think it was, was it Tobias that, like, grabbed it? and Was it? Derek did. Oh. <laughs> There was no bottom, and so when he picked it up, the sand just went, and so, but we actually got pictures of it like that because, like, that's a good memory. That's a good memory, but, but your marriage is so much more. Your marriage is preaching the gospel. Listen, your marriage is first preaching the gospel to one another. It's then preaching the gospel to your children, to your family, to your friends, to your neighbors, to your coworkers. Your marriage is preaching the gospel to all of them. And it's so much more than just a paper we sign. But if you're in here today and you're like, you know what? I don't know if I'm a Christian. I don't know uh, if I'm a believer. Um, Then please let today be the gospel that you hear, that today is the day that you can put your faith in Jesus, that you can trust Christ as your Savior, that you can give your life over to him, that you can... Just pour yourself out and say, Jesus, I trust what you did on the cross and I have nothing of my own to offer. And I give it all to you. Today can be 
that day. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much uh, for your word. I pray that I have honored you today in what is said. I pray that you have uh, been given the glory. I pray that you have um, spoken to hearts of men and women in here today and at home today, uh, that you have challenged them, that they would take up the call to uh, submit in a godly way, to lead in a godly way, to empower one another in a godly way that would bring glory to you and preach the gospel to the world. Lord, please uh, let our marriages do that. If there are those that are listening or, or here that um, they're, they're not married yet, they're moving towards that or still single, Lord, that you would just give them the strength uh, to wait for that spouse that would honor you in these ways and that they would uh, just be preparing themselves uh, to glorify you in these ways as well, that you would just give them patience. Uh, and God, we just lift you up. We give you all the glory. We thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.